This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the directors for the short film 95 Senses, Jared Hess and Jerusha Hess. When we die, our five senses shut down one by one in this order. First, we lose our sense of smell. That goes as soon as we stop breathing. Next is sight. Blood leaves the head. Picture goes black. Then it's a horse race between touch and taste as the feeling drains out of our limbs and tongue. Last to go is our hearing. That's why nurses in terminal care, even after a patient codes out, well, they'll tell a family, keep talking, grandma can still hear you. Look, nobody knows till they know. I read a theory somewhere. It might be that we humans have a hundred senses, but we're only aware of the five. Maybe when we pass away, as those five perish, the other ones switch on. That could be the afterlife, enjoying our 95 other senses. That's a nice thought. Well, Jared and Jerusha, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. I love 95 Senses. It is such a phenomenal movie, and I've been fans for years, so I'm just thrilled uh, to, to talk with both of you today. I appreciate the time. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, so the Oscar nomination, we have to start there. Incredible. Your first nomination. Where were you both when you when you found out about the nomination? I was, I was on a group Zoom call with the, the whole team that made it. And there was a lot of, um, it's okay if we don't make it, guys. We're all winners. We've done such a good job. <laughs> Look at how far we've gotten. There's a lot of building up. And so then they started calling. And it uh, the sh- animated shorts got called pretty quick in the lineup. And it was a sudden, I was a little sweaty beforehand. And it was just a sudden, like, just bawling, I think, for most of the team. And then I called Jared, who was dead asleep. <laughs> Yeah, I was in New Zealand. It was like 2.45 in the morning and my phone and, you know, woke up and she was like, we got nominated. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm so excited. And then I went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you were able to go right back to sleep after getting a nomination. No, it was really special. It was really special. Yeah. I think his, his producers who, who were in New Zealand at the time, too, they called him right away. It's like the rest of the world was watching. I, I forgot it was happening. I got my times mixed up, so I was a little, little, little foggy. Not gonna lie, but then it was, uh, gosh, such a special thing. We're, uh, yeah, it's it's magical. So happy for the whole team, and and um, yeah, it's 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 really great. 
Well, uh, let, let's obviously talk about the film. Where did 95 Senses get started? I understand it started as a competition, but how did the story for the film develop into what it is? Yeah, our screenwriters, they're friends of ours that we've worked with for years, and they um, they knew that we wanted to make a movie with six, five to six different animation teams. And so they came up with the concept of the five senses as chapters to tell this story. Um, in the meantime, they had been researching for another project, um, exit interviews of, of death row uh, inmates, and, and they were quite heavy and emotional and also like beautiful and soulful and 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 very repentant and and full of grace you know so they had been watching these and kind of like you know their axis was tilted a little bit because they they thought going in you know these are the bad guys and they soon realized no everyone everyone's life is super super complicated and so that's how the story all started and then when they wrote this beautiful script we we read it and loved it immediately and wanted to be involved Tell me about the the competition, how you found these these animators to tackle each of these different segments of the film. Yeah, so so the program is called MAST and it's under the Salt Lake Film Society and they they just set up this really cool kind of nonprofit competition of of bringing up and coming animators with established directors. And so they got so many submissions and they kind of weeded them down to the top, you know, however many. And then we collaboratively all picked our favorites. And then after we saw the styles, we kind of just said, oh, yeah, this person would be good here. This person would be good, good here. There's so many there's so many really emotional reveals throughout. So we just had to make sure they landed correctly. Yeah, what, what was the unifying factor with so many different artists and, and even tones throughout the piece? How were you able to help unify everybody working on the project into one cohesive piece? Yeah, we, yeah, you know, I think um, probably the biggest thing that helped really establish the tone is when we recorded Tim Blake Nelson. Um, you know, once we recorded all of his lines, we went to New York and, and, uh, spent some time with Tim talking about the character and, and, you know, his really authentic voice and just how he brought the story to life. We then cut together almost like a radio play of, of what he had done and sent that to each of the animators. And I think that they were all really inspired by his performance and, and, and what he did. Um, but we also knew that we had to really ground all of the pieces with with a really distinct character design. And Jerusha had pulled together some really great reference photos of of what kind of aspects will you know would endear you <clears throat> to to the Koi character in the film. And then everybody in their own style brought that character design to life. Uh, um, Daniel Brusson, who who did kind of the middle. The interview moments, or not interview moments, but the moments of Koi and his cell that we keep coming back to between the segments. That was kind of the first main character design. And everybody, you know, was launched off of that main look and, and came up with it in their own way. But but yeah, it was it, that's, you know, I think that's what grounded it really was the character design and then also um, Tim Blake Nelson's voice. Yeah. And there are so many tonal shifts like you said the big emotional reveals uh in the film you know initially when it starts you don't know exactly what it is and it start it's uh almost a little funny humorous and then it starts to get deeper as the film goes on um was there ever any worry that these tonal shifts 
might not land with the audience uh, the way that they ended up landing. Those those things were so obvious in the script. Even it just felt, you know, you felt the journey. It, it's you know, it's very folksy at first, and and it didn't on the page. It didn't even. Um, it didn't bother you as much as you're just ready to go. I think um, I, I think audiences are, you know, obviously they're very shocked because they giggle like a second before we reveal that he actually burned the place down and people were in it. So I think, um, yeah, like they laugh at the moment, right, Jared, where they where they say, oh, yeah, I burned the place down. They kind of giggle. Oh. And then you have to reveal and so I think I think that uncomfortableness is fine. I think if the audience does feel uncomfortable, I think that's the power of the of the film, you know. And, and life is messy like that, and uh, it's it definitely is very. It has a real celebratory feel in the beginning as he's thinking about all of his senses, and then you know life is complex. I'd love to hear more about the animation itself. You talked about how you narrowed down the people who entered into the contest into each of these six uh, senses or five senses and, and the interstitials. How did you know each of these styles of animation were going to be right for each of these five senses and capture the tone of each section that you wanted to capture? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think you ever do know, you know, I think, I think we knew going in, these are students, I mean, some of them are students. These are people who are, have barely entered the field. Um, and so it, it, you would go in just, you know, as, as a supporter of these, these animators in their early careers. And so I, I think we were, we were blown away first off at how gorgeous and, and fully realized each of their sections were. But I think um, it wasn't, it wasn't full confidence going in. You just you just have to hope. You know, Daniel Brusson's um, interstitial moments, they're so gorgeous. And we felt like, okay, we know his style is so great. Um, and the styles of each individual were really cool in their samples, but it's a whole different thing in telling the story and um, and what they decided to do. I, I love Dominica Harrison's uh, sight version. I love those squishy eyeballs and, and all that fun sound design. It just... So every single person offered something funny and emotional and impactful. And so, yeah, did we get lucky? I'm sure. Did we help steer the boat? Yes. But um, right, Jared, we didn't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, yeah, everybody. Look, I mean, we we did get specific, like Gabriela, who's in Mexico City um, with her team. You know, like their their stuff was so lyrical and fluid and and amazing. We thought, gosh, this this would be great for touch. You know, like there's almost no cut in in any of the shots. It was just pure transitions and and the way that it flowed. So so everybody again just had their own cool thing. So you do you kind of cast those sequences the way that you cast characters in a film, right? Like uh, just kind of based on their strengths and their styles. So. Yeah, that's great. 
Well, I, I know you have your, your first feature-length animated film coming out later this year, Thelma and the Unicorn. What process was that film in when you took on this one? Were you working on both at the same time? I ask because I'm curious about the learning curve of, of working no, like, totally. on animation. No, big, big learning curve. We had been working on Thelma the Unicorn for, I would say, about a year by the time that we had started uh, 95 Senses. I mean, we'd been talking about it, but it's it's all the same stuff. I think the weird thing is both of these projects for us ha- began during the pandemic. Um, so you're really working with all of these talented artists over Zoom. So you didn't even really, you know, we were, Jewish was lucky enough to have met a few of them before the pandemic started and, you know, had lunch and breakfast and a couple of meetings with many of them. Um, but then the pandemic hit and everybody suddenly was contemplating their lives and their situation and for many of them death, you know, from from their homes. And I think all of that really impacted the work that they did. And, and it was a very kind of existential, global thing that everybody experienced. And... Um, yeah, but it, we we think it really affected the work in a beautiful way. And t- tell me about that learning curve. About I, you guys have dabbled in animation uh, in in some of your previous projects and some TV, but this was yeah. this both of these are your first two like fully animated uh, films. So, what was the biggest learning curve hopping onto both of these projects? Well, I feel like I feel like for this, it's so different from the feature because um, you know we were allowed to be so much more experimental and we we wanted right. each thing to be different and each of these animation teams were directors in their own right and and we didn't have to it, it was just a, a lot more just yeah experimental and we just had a lot of leeway i think with this one it's it's not it's not the same as the animated movie so i don't know i think um i think we got really lucky on this project to be able to do it during uh, the pandemic to all have some like a passion project we're working on on the side. I think every single person had day jobs and we were all coming at it late at night and trying to do Zooms in multiple time zones. And I think, um, yeah, the learning curve for this animated short, uh, it it just, I don't know. What do you think, Sharon? It's, I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's storytelling. And I think, I think the biggest thing is when you're doing a short film, there's no money in it for anybody. People people can't survive on their work of a short film. So it really becomes a labor of love. People end up doing it for the right reasons. And I think, again, when we got the story and the script and and really just felt, I guess, kind of the beauty of it, um, everybody was in it for the right reasons. And it did take a long time. You know, it was started in 2020 and it didn't really finish up until last year. Um, and we had started, a great we had a great producer who kept pushing it up the hill because yeah, Miles, again, Miles Romney and Tori Baker they were amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. we didn't. You know, everyone's just like, I don't know what this is. I don't know where this is going. And they just kept putting pressure on it. And I mean, that's how it got done. Yes, it's absolutely. a team. But it's it, an absolute yeah. team to make these these shorts. It's weirdly harder than anything else you'll do because of the money and. And it's tricky to tell a story in 13 minutes, you know, a fully formed story. So I don't know. It's not it's not an easy thing to do a short. Yeah. Well, you guys certainly did it well with 95 Senses because it's incredible. Uh, you know, in, in this line of work, I don't get to talk to a lot of spouses uh, who work together, creative 
collaboration. So whenever I do, I'm always curious, you know, not every loving, successful marriage uh, translates into loving, uh, creative partnerships. So <laughs> what has kept you two uh, going in this collaboration for, for over 20 years working together? Yeah, Jared, was what has kept it. <laughs> this isn't a trick question just, either. I'm not trying to just, trap anybody. Here's the thing. I think no. Jared and I, Jared and I make each other laugh a lot. And and that's exciting and fun, you know. It's it's fun to figure something out that will make you giggle. And it's fun to throw ideas off. And and you know, he has a lot more experience in directing, and so he's always a great support when I'm in a directing role. And I think, um, you know, it's a division of labor often. You can do this while I'm doing this. I'll do this while you're doing this. And so it's how we can do several projects um, during hard pandemics. What do you think, Jared? Yeah. We have, we have a know, lot of kids they, too. They, and they, always, they, oh yeah. Sorry, we have a lot of kids too. And all these are kids are harder than anything we're working on. That's the truth. If you can survive that, yeah. No, but but my my key is just try and find a partner that's way smarter than you and funnier and more talented. And that's what I did. So oh, that's why it's yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Jared and Drusha, thank you so much for your time. And really, I love this movie. Uh, and, and like I said, I've been fans for years. So uh, thrilled to chat with you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Daniel. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the directors for the animated short film 95 Senses, Jared Hess and Jerusha Hess. 95 Senses is up for your consideration for the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.